Join us now for Education Matters, a weekly look at the real people and real stories in education across North Carolina. Welcome to Education Matters, presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm Keith Poston. Kathy Moore was named Superintendent of Wake County Public Schools in May. It's the largest school system in the state and the 15th largest in the country. She is the first woman and first Hispanic to hold the district's top job, and we're going to talk to her on today's show. We're also going to take a look at a new partnership out of Johnston County aimed at recruiting more homegrown teachers. Before we tackle our main topic, we open with our headlines, a quick scan of education headlines across North Carolina and the U.S. Bill Covey, chairman of the State Board of Education, will not seek another term as chair when his term ends in September. Covey, a longtime Republican, has served as chair for five and a half years, but he has clashed with State Superintendent Mark Johnson and the General Assembly since 2016. That's when the legislature stripped much of the board's power and handed them over to Johnson. That led to a year-long court battle recently settled by the North Carolina Supreme Court, largely in Johnson's favor. Last week, Durham Public Schools moved to add a Spanish interpreter at every school board meeting and work session. The growth in Latino students means Spanish-speaking parents often find themselves at a disadvantage at board meetings unless they call in advance to request an interpreter or bring their own, bring their own interpreter. Hispanic students now make up 31% of Durham Public Schools enrollment. Franklin Academy in Wake Forest, one of the state's oldest and largest charter schools, is under fire for what has been called anti-gay policies in their student handbook. The handbook prohibited students from openly discussing sexual orientation and gender identity, including homosexuality, bisexuality, and transgenderism. Now the school has changed it, saying that the language has been in place for years was simply a misunderstanding and has been edited for clarity. Finally, a new study out of the University of Virginia is calling into question the benefit of programs like North Carolina's Opportunity Scholarship Program. Robert Pianta, dean of the school's College of Education, who co-authored the study, said they found no evidence that moving students to private schools promoted student success and that such efforts, frankly, are demonstrably ineffective. Remember, you can visit the Public School Forum's website at ncforum.org, click on Education Matters, and read more about each of these headlines as well as other topics we cover each week. As I said at the top of the show, our first guest today is the newly named Superintendent of Wake County Public Schools, and thanks to year-round schooling here in Wake, she's already well into her first official year leading Wake Schools. Welcome, Kathy Moore. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, it's your first time on the show and uh, brand new in the role. So um, I want to get this in, cover this first. I mentioned this in the introduction to the show. You are the first woman and the first Hispanic to hold this position. Now, you know, it's, it's 2018. It's, I don't know, maybe in some ways a little bit sad, um, but it's, it still means something, right? Well, it's, I understand why it's noteworthy, and I, and I believe that it's important. Um, as, as our society changes, as roles shift. Um, I think it's important that the folks that are in leadership positions, that are in schools and across all aspects of organizations reflect the community that we serve. So I'm, I'm just proud and honored to be here. Right, well, and you and I were talking about uh, our daughters before we started, so yes. I think it's, it's important for our girls to see it too. It so. Um, so as I mentioned, the new school year has already started. What are your priorities right now? So as, as I begin the school year and begin my work as a superintendent, I think that there are a couple of things that are really important and at the front of many of the conversations that I'm having. 
one of the primary things that I'm focused on is how we develop relationships with the multiple stakeholders in the district. I think that when we look at how large we are as a school system, you mentioned it at the top, 15th largest in the nation, largest in North Carolina. We're looking at almost 20,000 employees, maybe 162,000 students this year. We're big. Right. Um, so we want to make sure that we figure out ways to make that large feel small right. so that people feel connected to their schools and people feel connected to the school system. School system is a, a large part of the community and we, sh we are visible and present in many places. So how we build and foster strong relationships with our parents, with our community, in our schools helps us make sure that we are leveraging um, the position that the school system has in the county. And I think with relationships, positive relationships, really what you want is our families, anyone who has a question or a concern, to have quick and easy access to answers, to understanding, and that there are not many layers of places yeah. to go through. Well, that's a great point. I mean, because I mean, it, it is a big school district, but you can't get more personal than what's going on with your child. And, and, the, and that relationship with the teacher. Uh, well, you mentioned that we're, we're talking about size and, and, and things like budgets. I mean, look, we just started a new school year. Look, it's been, we've covered it extensively. There's been a lot of discussion here in Wake County where we've, we tape the show about school funding, uh, county commission, school board. Uh, there's a bond referendum um, that the county commissioners are moving to put on the ballot. I guess maybe give me a sort of a big picture as superintendent, kind of what are your um, your, your, the challenges, but also sort of, where the, sort of where the bright spots in terms of budgeting. Well, I think a bright spot is that we continue to grow. I think that um, we are recognized for the quality, the depth and breadth of our schools and what we offer children in the community. And so we continue to grow. The quality of life in Wake County is great, and I think that's something to be highlighted. Um, at the same time that we're growing, we know that that means that we're going to need to build additional schools. And so that, as you mentioned, the bond moving forward, that's something that's really going to help us continue to maintain pace and, and serve the students uh, across the district as we continue to grow. However, at the same time that we are growing, because not all communities in the state of North Carolina are growing, um, we find ourselves um, also in a place where as changes happen um, in the state level with the budgets and how schools are funded, um, the kinds of flexibilities that schools are able to use in funding sources and streams that come from the state, we're finding ourselves um, in a challenging time needing to regroup um, with how costs are being distributed and the impact that has on the local level. We are thankful to our county commissioners for giving us the largest increase that they've ever given us. And yet in the midst of that large increase with the changes at the state level, we, find our, we found ourselves with a really large budget gap that well, we had to reconcile. The, well, I mean, the, the other county, county commission school board members have been, pretty, have been pretty direct, some of them have, when you talk about the changes. There has been a lot of concern and questions that uh, the state is, is shifting more responsibility for funding back to the counties, things that has traditionally been handled by the state. I mean, has that been, I mean, you've been in the, you're, new, you're a new superintendent, but you've been in Wake County Schools for a long time. Um, does it feel, does it, does it, is that real? I mean, are you feeling the burden of things that um, the state had been funding that aren't anymore? I think it is real. Um, there are examples like um, textbook funding or funding for classroom supplies and materials that um, were reduced to a great, um, in part of 2009 in the recession, were reduced a great deal. They've started to climb back, but they're still not at the levels they were before, and we continue to grow. Right. Um, and then there are other things that happen, like the cost that are being 
um, sent down to the local level around the retirement system. Um, those are things that we don't have choices about. Um, we're going to take care of our employees. Um, the manner in which the state has addressed teacher salaries has caused some impact and changes. Because, this, because the local hires is more and more personnel that are paid for by the county, and, and you, you obviously you want to pay the same thing. That, no, and so we that, have a local supplement, so right. that's a part of it as well. And then things like principal pay. They've restructured principal pay. That has caused some uh, need for us to take a look at how we do that and whether or not local dollars are needed in order to continue to pay the leaders of our schools. Right. Now you've seen, I'm, I'm sure you've read and are aware of the, you know, there's been some discussion about the shift um, with you know, private schooling, homeschooling, charter schools, the tra you know, traditional district public schools, the growth has, has, has really slowed, um, including here in Wake County. What does Wake County Public Schools, you know, um, does it need to do something different? Is it a matter of um, telling your story better? Is it the relationships you just talked about? Um, uh, there's a lot of choice, right, but within Wake County Schools, but what are, what are you thinking about? Well, I do think that um, that's part of the reason that the relationships are so important. Uh, and something that I often say is we have to work as a district to ensure that our schools are a best choice and a first choice for families. So that means communication. That means um, uh, having opportunity to, under, to get feedback on things that are happening, um, to, for me to go out and speak to schools, to have an opportunity to be seen in the community so that folks understand our priorities, I can connect um, and make sure that we are being responsive. Uh, because when families choose something other than their local public school system, they have a need, they have a desire for something, and I feel like that our school system can meet that need and address that. Uh, we just need to listen and be prepared. Terrific. Well, look, thank you so much for being here. Best wishes to you for this upcoming year, and again, I hope we'll come back on the show and we'll talk some more. Appreciate Thanks it. So much, Thanks so much, Kathy. When we come back, we're going to hear about an innovative new partnership in Johnston County aimed at recruiting more homegrown teachers. But before we go to break, see if you can answer this question. Total enrollment at UNC System Schools of Education in the fall of 2017 was 13,492. How much has enrollment declined since 2010? Welcome back to Education Matters. Did you correctly answer D? Since 2010, total enrollment at our UNC System College of Education, which is our single largest source of North Carolina public school teachers, is down 28%. Now we're going to continue the discussion with two guests who have a new program in Johnson County that aims to help reverse those trends. We have joining us Dr. Mary Ann Danowitz. So welcome back to Education Matters. Thank you, Keith. Um, Mary Ann is the Dean of the NC State College of Education. And then next to her is Brandon Garland. Brandon is the Innovation Officer for Johnston County Public Schools. So thanks Hi, so Keith. much. All right, well, John, well, Innovation Officer, this sounds innovative, so I, it, it, it must have come from you. Um, it's a new program. Uh, I just read about it, about getting more teachers into the pipeline and really targeting Johnston County students to come back and teach in Johnston County. So what is the impetus for the new program? Well, it, it started with a vision with Dr. Renfro, NC State, and Johnston Community College. And the impetus was providing an opportunity for our students to return to Johnston County and serve their own in the system. 
Right. I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, I mean, look, there, obviously we've, we've had some teacher shortage issues. It's been, and we know that sometimes schools have a, a time. So I guess in some ways it would be like, well, it looks like getting a job wouldn't be that difficult, but we also know that a lot of communities like Johnson, Eastern North Carolina, um, would really like to have folks who have roots there. And uh, well, isn't that part of it we, too? We have, a, we have a huge opportunity because we have a lot of talented, talented students in Johnston County Schools. And they want to be a part of something where they can serve their community and give back. Mm -hmm. They want to stay with their families and be a part of something that's growing and important to them, which is their community. And this is that opportunity. And we have a lot of talent. We have a lot of students who want to enter this field. And sometimes there are barriers there uh, that they can't see or they can't overcome. And this is an opportunity to break some of those barriers through established partnerships we have with NC State and Johnston Community College. All right, for, all right, for parents and for uh, potential students who are watching the show, I guess let's, let's break it down a little bit, uh, Dr. Danowitz. What does this look like? Um, if you're, what, what will a student do and sort of what will be their path to become a teacher? Well, Keith, one of the things that I think is very different than talk about a pipeline is that this is a close, close working partnership where we have looked at all the barriers and are developing strategies to reduce those. First of all, there's an opportunity for students to begin their interest in teaching through the Smithfield Selma Academy or the early college high school at Johnson Community College. We will be supporting students at that level and when they get to JCC, one of the things that they will have is not only an advisor at the college, but one of our folks from NC State will be located there. So they will have a person working with them. We have revised all our transfer programs to develop an associate degree in education that we'll be offering at Johnson County Community College so that a student will have completed all their courses while they're there to move in to complete the last two years at NC State. During the time at JCC, they'll have interaction at NC State, the same for the students in the academy or the early uh, college high school. And we'll be providing experiences for them while they're at NC State where they're engaged in the community at JCC. Right. Also, what we've done is we've really looked at the cost of education. Right. And so what that means is that we, as one of the five partner colleges for the Teaching Fellows Program, will be able to do all that we can to prepare those students to be highly competitive to get a Teaching Fellows Scholarship. Oh, okay. And so that would actually reduce the cost of tuition at NC State by 90%. And so, so right now, so there's not a, there's no like scholarship attached to this right now, but what you're saying is from a positioning perspective, but it does get you, you know, you, one, I guess you, there's a couple of things, thinking about it right. as, as a parent, you get an associate's degree already. At and, no and cost. At no cost. At no cost. Right. Okay. At no cost. Okay. Because we have the career and college promise that means that a student will be earning their credits at no cost. It will transfer directly to NC State. Okay, and that's and that's actually that had to be changed because I mean, state's one of the. I just I know a little bit about the schools. You actually apply to go into the College of Education as a first year, which is not true in every at every school, right? That's right, and we do that intentionally because what that means is that we can support students from the very outset. So whether a student is at JCC or in the early college high school or at NC State, they're gonna have certain shared experiences. We do an incredible orientation program. 
students in Johnson County are going to be part of that so that they feel that they have kind of dual citizenship all along, JCC and NC State. That's great. So what is Johnson County, um, what do you hope to get out of it? What we hope to get out of this is students coming, well, never really leaving our district, but coming back to our district uh, that have already been through our professional development series. They're already a part of our learning and teaching protocols, and they're ready to serve. And a lot of these students will be coming out of our dual immersion program. We have students that start learning in Spanish and in English as early as pre-K. And if these students we can recruit to be a part of this program, we'll be returning students to our district who can work in that dual language program offering uh, secondary, middle school, and elementary courses in Spanish and in English, which we're really excited about, um, especially in the areas of science and math. Well, and I'm guessing that, I mean, it sounds like to me a, a student who goes through this program, when they enter their first year in, in teaching, they're not going to be like your typical beginning teacher. Absolutely not. Right? Absolutely I mean, and you not. know, uh, Dr. Danowitz, that's the first couple of years can be tough. That's right. And we, we know that, and based on what Brandon has just said, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to make sure that the students who come from the dual language program have experiences where they're working with Spanish-speaking families. We have a number of faculty who have major projects in that area, and also trying to build in as much as we can an international experience in a Spanish language country. And we'll be working very hard with the district and with JCC to develop scholarships to support these students. When does it start? Well, we're gonna be recruiting for it this year, and then it will start the following year in the fall with students entering the, the academy. So if, if, if students um, and parents uh, in the Johnson County area want to know more about it, uh, are they going to be starting to hear more about it, you know, get communication through the school? Absolutely. In August, we're going to start that rollout, and that information will be going out through Triple S and through um, our executive director, Ms. Lujan. Right. And I'll ask you for the final word. Um, I ask him what Johnson County gets out of it. What does NC State um, get out of this new partnership? We get out of it a belief that we're living our mission. Our goal is to provide the best prepared teachers in this state to go to the highest need areas. And for us, Johnson County is where we want to begin, but we also plan to expand this as a model program. And this has been very important in terms of our relationship with the community college system. And we have full support from them, and we want to spread it out and do this as the leading land-grant university. Well, we're going to follow up on this and uh, watch it grow, but thank you both for telling us all about it. We'll have links on our website so right. people can learn more about the program. So thanks so much. Thank you, Keith. After thank the break, this week's Leadership Spotlight. Education Matters spotlights individuals demonstrating exceptional leadership in education in North Carolina based on nominations from you, our viewers. This week we spotlight Escabana Henderson with Kinetic Minds in Goldsboro. Leadership Spotlight is brought to you by Participate, where we believe every student deserves equitable access to quality education. Kidding the Minds is an idea that was started between me and my wife. It was always about the kids in terms of, hey, what you're doing during the day with them in the classroom, they need more time, they need some extra help. 
And with my love and my passion for science and teaching, we started our program with the premise of offering that extra help that was going to enrich the lives of the kids and really do something to support them in a way that provided that nurturing environment and allowed them to really come into a place and feel that love. You want to make sure that the kids have that opportunity. Take it and do something amazing with it and explore in a way that, hey, allows that creativity, that bold to come on that gives them that um, encouragement, that confidence in themselves because we know on the academic side what's required. But what about some of those talents and skills? Why not develop those as well, that creativity, that um, innovation? We did a NASA STEM challenge and um, that was something where um, our program was chosen by the state. One of our students that went through the NASA STEM challenge was actually able to use that as a springboard to get into the local school of engineering as a middle schooler. And they're gonna dissect a grasshopper, a squid, a frog, a fetal pig, and we've added a dogfish. We're allowing them to really explore and be like the ooh and the ah, and you know like ah. We'll do some um, magnetic slime. We're gonna do some glow in the dark slime. And let's look at what it's composed of, what it's made up of. What are the elements that are here? What's the structure? So that you bring in the educational piece as well as make it fun. For our students, especially our females, that, that gives them some opportunity because I understand that for um, the ladies, exploring careers in STEM is huge because of the simple fact that, hey, you can do it too. It's, it's a global economy now. And that they have to be ready because they're not just competing against people at their school or in the city or in the state or in the US. You know, they're competing against everyone because the job opportunities are out there, especially in STEM, which is something that is a big part or component of our program. You never know what path they may choose because if they didn't have the opportunity, who's to say they couldn't have been that next engineer or architect? If you know someone that deserves to be recognized, please visit our website, ncforum.org, and click on Education Matters, and you'll find a link to nominate someone in your community. After the break, this week's final word. We spend a lot of time on our show talking about education policy which of course leads us inevitably to covering the General Assembly, the State Superintendent of Public Instruction, and the State Board of Education, all of whom have significant roles in shaping North Carolina education policy and how our schools are run. Now, based on the words in our state constitution and in the subsequent North Carolina Supreme Court rulings, education policies that control virtually everything from teacher pay to classroom supplies and textbook funding to class sizes and school calendars are largely decided by leaders here in Raleigh who have been elected by the people to work inside the General Assembly. This is precisely why when 20,000 teachers wanted to ask for more classroom support, support and better working conditions to support student learning, they came to the Capitol and marched to the State House. Now, this is all to say that what is happening in your local schools is often much more driven by decisions here in Raleigh than it is locally. And frankly, it's been trending that way much more over the last few years. Now, local school leaders, like some of the ones we met today, are critically important players, of course, 
but their job is often providing the very best education possible for our children within the policy framework, laws, and budgets that are decided by someone else. Now, I'm thrilled we had great school leaders like Kathy Moore and Brandon Garland on the show today. Our state is absolutely blessed with many amazing teacher leaders, principals, and superintendents. I'd like to see them, rather than our politicians, more in control of what is happening in our local schools. That's it for this week's show. Thanks for watching, and make sure you tune in next week for a brand new Education Matters.